We need to raise the standard and continue to raise the standard from the ground up. Your past conditioning, your beliefs, you need to dump that and unlearn it and make room and opportunity for new stuff to come in. If you're feeling that feeling at all within your gut, you need to go with it. You have to have those people on your team who are willing to accept the change because change is frustrating. All righty. Welcome to the bonus episode. Hey. We're doing a doubleheader this Saturday, Absent Asphalt. We're going to get right into it on this one. Um, we talk about off-season stuff that you need to do kind of business-wise and uh, stuff to look out for. So, you know, this dude over here is very calculated with everything he does and um, using stuff like, you know, lines of credit to get us through is so important. I'll have him talk about that. You know, scrubbing your equipment, see what see what needs to get replaced, what's salvageable, what probably needs to, um, what we can fix up and, you know, really team structure. So let's talk about, you know, the money aspect of it because the off season burden is so high. So I'll let you kind of run with it. I appreciate that, man. You're very kind. Um, money in this industry is more important than anything else. If you're looking to go from like 2 million to 4 million, I love it. I love the ambition. I always want to know like, all right, cool. How? Because I know the problems and the trials and tribulations it takes to double and even going from 2 million to 4 million takes capital, whether you believe it does or it doesn't, unless you are a complete paper contractor, which I'm not dogging, but even then you still need money behind yourself to keep you agile. You know, um, having a line of credit in our industry specifically, or any business really is so critical and crucial and important to like growth and sustaining growth. Um, what happens is like, you know, like if you don't know what you're using on a, on a monthly basis, you could definitely come into a cash flow pinch position or whatever. And, uh, you gotta have that, that extra lining of like, okay, I can pull from here. Um, it's, you know, like, little bit of Robin Peter to pay Paul, but at the end of the day in our industry, it's, it is what it is, right? Like you start scoping projects in, in, you know, February, for example, and this is just maintenance stuff. February, you're getting contracts signed by early April. You're doing the work by early May. You're getting paid by middle of June, early July. So you're, you're talking four and a half months worth of prospecting and dishing out and just, um, you know, divulging money, investing money into that client before you even see a a cent of return. Yeah. A cent of return. Go a long time. And so having something that you can pull from a line of credit with a bank that understands what you're doing, that understands your profit margins. Um, and you've got to understand your profit margins because if you can't talk that talk with the banker, they're going to, walk you right back out of yep. the bank and be like, thank you so much, man. We need to do business with people who understand their business. Yeah. Um, yeah. As much as, uh, as much as you think you can be a smooth talker and, you know, make friends to anybody at the end of the day, the underwriters don't care. They don't. Who you are, what you do, yep. what your story is. They want to see numbers and data. So, um, what, what do people use like this line of credit for during the like off season, early season? All right. Like part of my language but that's your your winner nut right like that's your what does it take to keep the lights on what do you need for your mortgage what do you need for every single salary position your overhead so to speak 
And like, if you involve any of your personal life into your company that, that depends on it and relies on it, like you need to include that as well too. That's your overhead in your monthly nut that you need to cover. And so for us, it's December, January, February, March, April, we're hopefully having a month where like we're break even again. So I know like where we go, like typically we're losing 300 grand, 350 grand a month, December, January, February, March, um, based on our, like where we're at right now, like our monthly nut. And so it's like, we, we need to know how to dig back out of that quickly in the springtime. And you need to relay this type of stuff over to your banker so they understand what that looks like. And then so like if you lose that amount of money per month, how are you going to gain that? And, and the only way to really do that is show them on a chart like predicting, okay, we're selling this amount. By this point, we're, pro- we're producing this amount. By this point, we're getting paid this amount. And so it's really like a chart, like three charts you need to really take care of and like understand. Um, bankers call it like a whip report. And so understanding your work in progress. Um, those are some of the things that you really want to like start diving into and kind of like focusing your business on. How about buying equipment? When's the, uh, is the off season the right time to buy equipment? Is it middle of the season? What's your kind of, uh, your take on it? Yeah, man, that's, that's a great point. People who are selling equipment in, you know, October, November, December, they're selling it because they need the money. So you could probably get really good deals on it at that point if you've had a good year and you know you're going to need to spend money on uh, taxes. Like those are the times to buy. Um, You make money when you buy. You don't make money when you sell. You Mm. make money on the purchase. Like so buying at the right time is the most important thing. Yeah. You know, if you're buying in the springtime, it's out of being desperate. Because you're like, oh, shit, I don't have this piece of equipment. I'm going to need this. You're going to pay a premium. Um, it's the same thing in the housing market, too. So, like, you make money when you buy. You get That's when you catch good deals. And I like to buy, if we can, in the, in the fall because that's when you're going to catch people that are like, oh, like, I really got to sell this because I need the money to get through wintertime. Yeah. That's when you're going to be able to catch the good deals. It makes sense, too. And, like, you got to all – if you are looking at buying in the off season. Like make sure that you are set up for that because if you went in a if you live in a you know climate or cold climate place like we do, the last thing you want to do is buy equipment in December when things are a little bit tight and then you know have to wait three four months to even have that thing start making money because totally. if when equipment's not running it's not making money like yep. it yep. looks good sitting in the yard it's cool to you know show off but at the end of the day like those are investments because those are what those are tools to make you money. Amen, brother. And for sure. So just just really be cognizant of that. Like we bought, well, I guess we kind of did a swap for um, our paver this year, and that was what mid season. Yeah. Well, we had like we had a mill that was sitting, and it was like a beautiful, nice mill. It was like twenty. I think it was like a two thousand nineteen or a twenty twenty. We're like, man, like I wanted it at first because I was the same way, like is a nice, beautiful, shiny object. It was like a piece that, like a status piece. In yeah, yeah, it's like, like kind like of a pride thing. Yeah. like, oh, you're doing it. Um, but really what I came down to is like, we lost so much money milling. And like our financials told us that like 2017, 18, 19, 20, I was like, gosh, dang, like 
where are we always losing? Like where are we hurting the most? And it was always coming out of milling because we couldn't find the right people to produce the way we needed it to be. And um, so we ended up doing a swap. I was like, all right, what's, what's the best thing that we could do right now? Like, let's get out of the liability and let's put it into something that is an asset that we're going to be using on a daily basis because seeing it sit in the yard every day sucks. Yeah, does. You <laughs> yeah. know, we, we finally got to the point where we were like, oh, we're just not going to do it, but we need to get out of the mill. And so we swapped it for a new paver, Vogula. I like the Beautiful, paper. yeah. Yes. That thing's awesome. And, um, you know, having something that you can use on a daily basis is great. Um, but I just hate seeing equipment sitting. You know, yeah. like, if it's sitting, it's not paying for itself. And so, like, unless you have a huge trust fund and a, a load of money that you can just sit there and you love to come in and, like, look at your equipment every single day, like, I love not seeing our shit. <laughs> like Seeing it gone, yeah. Yeah, just get it, it out of here. gone, yeah. So, um, the only time I like to see it is in the wintertime when it's getting repaired. Yep. So. What a... What are some like mistakes that you've personally made or the company's made um, in the past during, you know, off season with things to do and um, I guess moves to make that have bit you in the ass? I'm I've become a big advocate of like the minimum viable product, and so the MVP for our business is like, what does it take for us to move efficiently without overdoing it and without underdoing it. Like our minimum viable product is I want a a nice looking piece of equipment that's clean, that functions well and does what it's supposed to do. Right. And so some people will spend a lot of money, like making sure everything is in tip top shape. And I'm not dogging you if that's you. Um, because I've done it. One of the, one of the problems that we've had in the past is like I've sunk a lot of money into just how we look. Um, But it's not always just how you look. It's like how you perform. And so just making sure that that minimum viable product is like, this is what it is. This is what I want it to fit. And this is, this is like what we need to do. Yeah. You know, not overdoing one thing or another. Yeah. So even like on the equipment side, not always having to buy the brand new trucks. And, exactly. You know, the brand new skids. Like if you find something totally. again, like what you're talking about at a, at a deal and at a discount, like that's the time to do it. And there's ways, obviously, you know, we talk a lot about keeping your, your brand and your look clean. You can still do that, but you don't have to have, you know, the nicest brand new top of line stuff all the time, yep. as much as you might want it. I mean, totally. Don't get me wrong. We, we want that. I know I want that, but it's not the smartest move for you. Um, especially like even on, you know, trucks, they, those things get so many miles put on them. They don't get taken care of. You know, the guys beat them to crap. And if you buy a brand new vehicle, you know, it's 80,000, that thing, you know, you take the depreciation that it loses within that first year on top of, you know, the damage and the dings and the mileage and how hard it gets ran. It's not, it's not necessarily worth it. That's where like leases come into good play yeah. too. You know, like if you're not familiar with them, leases are good. Um, they, you can depreciate them every single year, which is great. It's good for tax purposes. It's not great on the balance sheet. Um, but at the same time, like they serve their purpose. Um, 
at times as well too. So like stuff that you just beat the shit out of that, you know, you just run through every three to four years. It's nice to have a lease because you can swap it out. Um, you know, those type of things too, but also just like knowing like that we're in an industry that runs, you know, six to eight months hard out of the year and it's sitting six to four months out of the year. Right. Like understanding like, okay, we need to make sure we're getting the value out of it. So do you need a brand new truck or do you need something that is new use? That's still nice. That serves its purpose. Right. Because it's not running 12 months out of 12 months. Yeah. Yep. So totally agree. Um, so going back to like some of the stuff that you need to have, like your, your relationship with the banks is important. We've talked about that in past episodes, but you know, what are some numbers and like, uh, I guess KPIs that banks really want to see this time of year and stuff that you should probably keep organized anyways, as you go through business, whether you're looking to get loans or not, what are some things that people should really be uh, kind of dialing in this off season? People should be really looking at like, I think their overhead is the most important thing, right? And then you want to follow the overhead by like prediction of sales predicted by um, production and then cash in. Those are the biggest pieces of information that you need to understand. And if in for us, if we op- operate off of like a, you know, a 40% gross profit margin average or 50%, whatever. So for every million dollars that we produce, our profit margin is, you know, 50%. What is that going against your overhead? Like what's the balance and how do you turn the corner? And like, at what month are you turning the corner back into the green in our industry? Um, So predicting that stuff with your bank, knowing that like, you know, your business, there's nothing better than going into a conversation with a banker who knows everything about money and you know, everything about your business. And you're like going in there and you're telling them like, well, you know, here's, here's what we have in backlog. Tradition tells me that we're going to sell this amount by this point. I know that we're going to produce it at this profit margin. And I know that we're going to be paying this line of credit back by this point. So like for me, I was on a call with my banker last night and like he now understands our industry the same way that I understand our industry, which provides trust. It builds confidence. And, you know, like what we're asking for, what we need is now surplus by like an extra half a million because he sees like we're on the same wavelength, right? Um, so understanding what they need to have as a banker is really, really, really important in our industry and in, in, in any, any business, Any business, right? yeah. So, But, you know, especially in ours when, you know, line of credits can really dig you out or make or break you, you yeah. know, it's, yeah. it's, it's huge. So it's big. Bottom line, knowing your numbers, knowing your business, knowing trends um, based on historical data, like – be a steward of it. Nobody likes really talking money. Some guys do. Some guys are just like, let me go out there, sell work, produce it. Yep. But bottom line is like business is business to make money. So Amen, understand your metrics, understand your numbers. Um, I think as far as like, you know, the non-financial side too, if you're, if you're looking at uh, your employees and seeing like, you know, do kind of an overall analysis, who's really – going to be 
worth it? Who do we need to keep on full time? Maybe shop hours. Can we pull back? Uh, maybe can we dish off, you know, bring somebody back in the, in the on season, like good point. getting tight where really you need point. to, because again, like you, if you're not doing snow removal or you're not producing in warmer States, then all you're doing is you're going backwards with your bank account. So looking at your overhead and your balance sheet, like what can I do to improve this situation yep. at any point? And it's, it's oftentimes like, piece by piece, you know, like the little things make a big difference. Um, we've had to do that ourselves at times. It's something that we look at often and frequently. And it's like making sure that we're getting return on dollars in every single department for every single head, making sure that things are, are leveling out, you know, it's gotta be worth it. And like, we've we've done it to where it's, you know, with people or whatever it is, it's, um, you know, feeling bad for guys and giving them hours when really the company doesn't need it. Unfortunately, like as much as you wish you could always be that and you have the financial backing, it's not not the smartest thing. So a lot of times in this, in this, you have to take emotion out of it and look at, okay, what does the company need right business now? Business decisions. Yeah. Yep. Business, what's our the, business decisions. What's the best thing for the company at this point? And some of them are going to suck. Yep. And, they do. You know, that's just, that's part of it. But, um, you know, really putting like what the, what's the best decision for the business in the front of your mind and that'll help you out. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, that was quick down and dirty. We just Let's kind go. of talked, you know, financial off-season planning. Um, you know, like I said, Zach's got – Tons of knowledge on on that and ways to structure. Tons of experience too. Thanks, lessons. bro. It's, so, it's lessons, yeah. Um, lessons you know, for, for sure. whatever you believe, whether if you're a straight pay for cash guy or you know, bottom line is if if you ever need it, like this is a good tool and a good episode. Hey, man, I love it. If you've got the cash, that's great. Why not add another tool to your to your belt over there? Yep. You know what I mean? Like it makes you that much more powerful in the world of business. Yep. Hundred percent. So. so we'll see you guys uh, next week or the week after. We don't know. We'll figure that out. But have a good one. Thank you guys. Peace. Peace.